to this edition of the Thoracic Surgery Resident Association's podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for teaching purposes only and should not be applied directly to patient care. All right, welcome everyone. Again, I'm David Blitzer. I'm a integrated resident at Columbia University in the cardiac surgery program. And I'm very happy to be joined today by Liz Yates. Liz is a PGY4 in the Gen Surge program at Brigham and Women's Hospital. She's coming off of research time where she got an MPH with a focus on environmental health. Her research examines how climate change affects surgical outcomes and how to make surgical care delivery more environmentally sustainable. Thanks so much for joining us, Liz. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So um, let's kick right into it. Um, can you just give us some background on what's the current state of the issue of sustainability in healthcare? Yeah, it's a great question. It's going to become increasingly relevant, I expect, in the coming decades and during our upcoming careers. There's two flip sides to this issue, as I kind of um, highlighted in my description of my research. There's how the environment and the environment as affected by climate change is going to affect our surgical patients and their outcomes. For example, one could imagine if a major storm hit your hospital and knocked out your surgical capabilities for a few days, what happens to all the patients with lung cancer whose operations get delayed, who gets rebooked soonest, whose outcomes get impacted, or if they're discharged into a heat wave and they become dehydrated, who's most likely to get readmitted. Then on the flip side, there's the question of how do we make surgical care delivery, which we all know to be incredibly wasteful and um, highly energy intensive, particularly in modern and highly developed countries. How do we make that more sustainable and reduce the carbon footprint associated with our healthcare delivery? And I think as surgeons, we have the opportunity to really lead on both of those fronts, but we've been a little bit behind the curve on getting involved in this work. We have a fair amount of data on both hands, on both sides of those questions from some of our colleagues in OBGYN and emergency medicine and particularly pediatrics has been very involved in this work. But it's really time as surgeons who use a lot of energy and create a lot of waste for us to step up to the plate and get involved. Yeah, absolutely. And and you kind of mentioned that uh, surgeons have kind of, I guess, not been a major part of the conversation so far. So can you describe how you came to this sort of pathway in terms of work and research? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to give credit, I think we're, we're rectifying that issue actively. Uh, when I kind of first started to engage in this work, I really came at it from a health disparities perspective. I did a lot of work in medical school around access to care um, and particularly who gets trained to be doctors and how do you actually have access to that pathway and from kind of an early life standpoint and looking at kids who come from under-resourced communities, how do we help them get into the STEM fields? And it was in that time when I was working on those issues that I have to give credit, unfortunately, to my younger brother, who was studying environmental science at the same school where I was doing my medical school. And he kept talking my ear off about how important climate change was going to be and how it was going to affect every aspect and every uh, industry across, across the nation. And I started to think, you know, no one's really talking about this in my medical school. How is it going to affect my patients? How is it going to affect my career? And I started to engage with those ideas kind of more actively and, and pursued opportunities to do research in this space and came to the conclusion that 
ultimately, climate change is going to exacerbate the current healthcare disparities that we see both nationally and globally. And it's an issue we're not talking about and we're not actively planning for. And it was an area that I felt I could really dive into and provide much needed chutzpah uh, and initiation uh, for the engagement um, in these issues. When I decided to go into uh, surgery and was looking for a residency, I was proactive about talking about the fact that this is what I wanted to do and the passion I wanted to pursue with my research time and was very thankful to find a residency that supported that work. Yeah, and I think, uh, so everyone, I think, or a lot of people have an understanding of maybe what clinical research looks like or benchtop or, or whatever it is. So what what does research uh, in this type of space look like? Can you describe maybe some projects that you've focused on, give people a sense of what it means to actually do this type of work? Absolutely. I really hope that this becomes a much more normal academic niche because I think it's necessary and I hope we incentivize it for upcoming generations of surgeons. And I see it, at least in my work, broken down again into those two components, looking at how is climate change affecting surgical care delivery and our surgical patients? And that's one skill set of research. And the second being really documenting and providing data-driven outcomes in terms of how do we reduce the environmental impact of our care delivery. And on the first front, that's actually a fairly traditional skill set that I've been employing, uh, really just big database research uh, to understand how environmental outcomes impact surgical patients or environmental um, drivers. What it really requires is access to um, clinical data and then being able to be facile enough with kind of data and, and realigning data to align it with uh, environmental uh, data. And most of the environmental data is actually publicly available, very, free, very much free um, and very granular. Uh, the U.S. over the past couple of decades has been really good about collecting this data. Looking globally gets a little bit harder um, because we don't necessarily have the same infrastructure for documenting things like heat and humidity um, and sea level rise all around the world. But domestically, we have a fair amount of information that is just ready to be used. The challenge I found in doing clinical data work is that you actually, to correlate well with uh, environmental drivers, you need both date and location of care delivered. And obviously, that is very challenging to obtain um, within the kind of constraints, the very appropriate constraints of HIPAA for patient privacy. And so I have kind of started to advocate in each paper that I write about the need to find a way to pr protect patient privacy, but allow us to have those more granular aspects of data so we can really understand the relationships between surgical care and environmental exposures. And then I'll flip to the other side, which I think is a more typical gateway entry for uh, anyone who's interested in, in sustainability and, and climate change work. And that is how do you get involved in just improving sustainability at your own healthcare institution? wherever you're working, your own operating room, your own outpatient care, wherever, wherever you engage, wherever you clinically work, there's the opportunity to study your sustainability impacts. And being very rigorous and data-driven about it, rather than just trying to recycle more, quote-unquote, um, is its own field of research. And there are a couple approaches to do this. We really think that some of the QI aspects and QI strategies work well with sustainability research, meaning identifying a problem, offering a solution, implementing, and then documenting, and really uh, trending your, me measuring your outcome. And the measurement strategies are a little bit different. Um, having things like a skill set in what we call life cycle analysis, and that's the ability to quantify the carbon emissions associated 
with any given process or product can be very important in really proving that whatever change you've made in your hospital has actually reduced the carbon footprint. And those approaches can be really effective and I found them to work pretty well right here at my own hospital. And we're making our own progress step-by-step, step. Uh, it kind of inch by inch, I would say. Yeah, and um, you might have sort of touched on this a little bit, but what, what do you see as opportunities specific, specifically for trainees who might be interested in doing this type of work? How can they uh, get started or um, make some moves at their own institutions? Yeah, that's a great question, one I get asked a lot. I can tell you how I did it, and I, I think there are many ways to, to get involved, but the kind of best approach I've seen is to really start from a boots-on-the-ground kind of perspective as being surgical residents, we're in the hospital probably more than almost anybody. And we really see the day-to-day -day workflow of how things happen, particularly in the operating room. And it's really important when designing a sustainability initiative or trying to tackle an environmental issue that we don't inhibit the flow of daily work, that we don't make patient care delivery any less safe or any less efficient for the patient or for our colleagues and our coworkers. But then you also need to identify something that's impactful, a change that could really make a difference. And the one that we started with in our operating rooms was we saw that people were just overusing red bags and they were just throwing kind of non-hazardous um, waste into the red bag because it was the closest one to the table. And when we tracked that out, we found that our red bags not only cost five times as much to process, but have a much higher emissions associated with their processing. They get driven out of state, get autoclave driven back to our state to then be ultimately disposed rather than normal waste, which is ultimately just disposed of locally. And so we thought this is a great opportunity. How can we get involved? And the process was really um, more organic than I expected. It involved really just talking to people on the ground, asking and understanding what the barriers were to changing this practice and then identifying the appropriate leadership within the operating room space to get a small project implemented. Um, and lastly, where should residents or trainees look to stay up to date on these issues and maybe get more involved on a larger scale? A couple of the best resources, I think, come out of the group's practice green health and healthcare without harm. They are specifically focused on issues of sustainability in the hospital and healthcare delivery setting. And they have really robust websites that anyone can engage with. If you get really enthusiastic and can convince your hospital to become members of those organizations, the resources become even wider. Um, so really start start at those two sites. That's great. And uh, full disclosure, they're the people who put us in touch to get this podcast going. That's, so I, I, I get no kickbacks from them. So I, those are genuine, those are genuine uh, <laughs> uh, endorsements. Yeah, I'll also uh, uh, second those endorsements. Yeah. And uh, All right, thanks so much, Liz. I know you're on nights, so I value your time. And I uh, just appreciate you helping me bring this to the to the forum yeah. for uh, residents across the country. I think it's going to be great. Thanks so much for inviting me.